Hello there, you're listening to One Person's Trash is Our Treasure. I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm your other host, Jen. Today we're going to be talking about my favorite play of all time Mm -hmm. and a um, somewhat modern (laughs) adaptation of it, Cyrano de Bergerac, written by Edmond Rostand. And uh, we'll be comparing it to the 1986 film Roxanne starring Steve Martin. Mm -hmm. I got a text from Rachel like two days ago (laughs) that said, (laughs) I need you to watch this movie and then a link to a YouTube trailer. And I was like, what? Like, no context. And then she was like, I just watched it and I'm having trouble processing it. So that's what we're talking about today. So, as always, we are probably going to be spoiling some things, so if you're interested in reading or watching the play or the movie, then, you know, do that and then come back, because we're probably going to talk about it. So, if you enjoyed our discussion here today and you want to hear more of us, feel free to check out our website, onepersonstrashisourtreasure.com. And we're also on Twitter at Optia, that's O-P-T-I-O-T, and we're also on Instagram at OptiaPod. Yeah, so enjoy the show. Whoop. I don't know what that was. (laughs) But you gotta keep it in now. Okay. (laughs) So Jen. So Rachel. What were your initial thoughts when I sent you the trailer for Roxanne? (laughs) I was confused because (laughs) it was um, out of nowhere and (laughs) with like no context or anything. Just randomly, I need you to watch this movie. And I read it like in a very dire tone. (laughs) I mean, it kind of was. Um, and then I watched the trailer, and I don't think I've ever heard of the movie before, so I was a little surprised about that. And from the trailer, it's like that, it's, the trailer has that typical 80s comedy vibe. Like with the voiceover and the, Yeah, yeah. And it's- This guy could never get a break, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And- So I think I got kind of a vibe of what the movie was going to be. And obviously, we both love Cyrano de Bergerac so much. So I, Mm -hmm. you know, it was very obvious immediately, even though I don't think they say in the trailer that it's based on Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, Yeah. But it was very obvious that it was based on Cyrano. And um, so I I, I think my reaction to the trailer was eye rolling. Mm -hmm. That's in, in one in a word. That's fair. So let me give some context of how the fuck yes, please. this happened. What made you watch this movie? <laughs> so I have a new job and at that job, it, I, it's kind of like busy work. So I get to spend all day listening to audiobooks or watching TV or movies and stuff, as long as I'm getting my work done, of course. Mm-hmm. So I was feeling very antsy. The other day, what was it? Like, Wednesday? And um, the, the audiobook that I was listening to, which is, it, it's actually very good. It's just, I, it wasn't, like, doing it for me. Hmm. So then I tried listening to something else, and that wasn't doing it for me either. And I was kind of just, like, bouncing around, like, not really able to watch any one thing or listen to any one thing. And then I remembered, something reminded me of Cyrano de Bergerac, and I don't remember what it was. But I was like, oh, I should see if there's an Audible adaptation of the play with, like, different actors playing um, the different characters and everything, because sometimes they do that. Mm -hmm. 
weirdly enough, despite how famous the play kind of is, like the story at least, there really isn't a lot of adaptations of Cyrano de Bergerac. Interesting. There is a movie, like a really old movie. Yes, I will get to that in a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, there really wasn't a good audible version for me to purchase. So instead, I actually just went to all of the different, like, TV and movie streaming apps that I have a subscription for, which is Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Netflix, Mm -hmm. and searched for um, Cyrano de Bergerac. And the first one I did was Amazon, just because I assumed there would be nothing, because there's almost never anything on Amazon Prime Video. (laughs) But weirdly enough, that was the only one that actually had any of the... um, like adaptations of the play itself and it was the 1950s version Mm. so i watched that and it was pretty good they took a lot out to condense it down into like you know an hour and 25 minutes or something yeah but they hit the major plot points and everything and i did overall enjoy the performance it was very old school hollywood though you know (laughs) a little uh like just a touch over the top yeah, pretty much. Like the, <laughs> you know, Jen and I both really enjoy the Kevin Klein production yes. or the um the the production of Cyrano de Bergerac starring Kevin Klein. That is, mm-hmm. and a major reason for that is because Kevin Klein does such a remarkable job playing this character. He is so amazing. I, I like I texted you. I watched the first thirty minutes last night before I fell asleep, and. Watching it was just like, because I haven't seen it in a little while, and I was just like, damn, I mm-hmm. almost forgot how astounding he is. Yeah. Um, maybe we should give, actually, like, a summary of what Cyrano de Bergerac is. <laughs> maybe. Just in <laughs> case people haven't heard of it. Which is, you know, I mean, some people might have read it in school, but some people might not have, so some people might not have heard of it. Yeah, I have a feeling most people have, like... I have a feeling most people will be familiar with the overall story line, Sure, yeah. But, you know, the name Cyrano de Bergerac might not ring a bell. So Cyrano de Bergerac, as I already said, is a play that was written in the 19th century by French author Edmond Rostand. It's about a guy named Cyrano de Bergerac who is this absolutely brilliant, charismatic, athletic, clever, witty musical <laughs> musical poet guy he's he's like prince charming <laughs> minus the handsome part i guess of <laughs> prince charming because the thing about Cyrano de Bergerac is that he has a giant nose certain productions will really play up the absurdity of his nose <laughs> some make it like large enough to be somewhat out of place, but, you know, passable. Right. So, Cyrano is this absolutely brilliant person who has a real complex about his nose. Understandably so. And uh, he also is crazily in love with his childhood friend and distant cousin, Roxanne. By the way, the play is set in the 1600s. Should have said that before. Oh, yeah. In France. Yes. So Roxanne confesses to Cyrano at one point that she is in love with 
this random new guy to town named Christian, who is basically Cyrano's exact opposite. He is extremely attractive, but he doesn't have much going on upstairs. <laughs> um, at, at least in the play, he's actually not a bad guy. No, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, he's he's not a bad guy, but, you know, he's he's just not, like, very smart. Yeah. So Certainly not as smart as Cyrano. I mean, Cyrano is, like, the most witty person, like, in France is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, he can win over an entire room, mm-hmm. like, by composing a, a, a poem. And, um... Extemporaneously. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and Christian is a nice dude. He just, like, he's he's more simple. So Cyrano, in a remarkably cool display of, like... <laughs> not being a shithead (laughs) actually like realizing that Roxanne loves this guy agrees to sort of help them get together Mm -hmm. as far as she knows he's going to just help this guy Christian not get the shit kicked out of him right but um Cyrano actually ends up helping Christian write love letters to Roxanne by writing them himself. Yes, yeah. And eventually woo her. This is also happening um, amidst the backdrop of a battle between France and Spain, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's basically all you really need to know. With regard to the 1986 movie Roxanne, mm-hmm. um, where would you like to start? Like, maybe you could give me your uh, overall impressions, because I'm very eager to know. <laughs> well, okay. I watched it last night, so I'm kind of still processing it, too. <laughs> do you understand what I meant, though? I mean, I I think I do. We, we, we might have different reasons. Yeah. But, um... But I, I kind of think I do. I'm, I'm having trouble processing it, too. I don't know if I liked it or not. I don't... I don't think it was a bad movie. Yeah. It's got an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I was a little surprised to see. Yeah. But there are definitely some changes made, obviously, because, first of all, you know, Cyrano de Bergerac takes place in the 1600s, and... The movie Roxanne takes place in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So there's some modernization happening there. So there's like a necessity for change. But mm-hmm. also they, you know, they changed some some of the um, details about the characters and their motives. And some of that was weird. And some of it mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised by, but some of it I didn't love. And some of it I was just confused about why they changed it. Yep. <laughs> I... Would like to know if you agree with me here. Okay. While I didn't think it was the best movie I had ever seen, I was most like, and and I and I of course had issues with some of the things that happened. Mm-hmm. I was mostly on board with this movie until like the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, maybe part of it is because we 
we both love Cyrano so much that going into the movie, I don't know if this was your experience, but going going into the movie, I was like, this isn't going to be very good. Like, I'm not going to like this very much. So maybe maybe that had something to do with why I was like, it was like, a oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I went into it with a similar sort of expectation that, you know, this is just going to be kind of silly. Um, yeah. I think overall my interest in watching it was to see how they adapted it. And it was interesting. It really was. And that's why it's the topic of our conversation today. <laughs> so where do you want to go from here with it? Uh, well, why don't we kind of do what we did with The Mummy, where we can talk about That's Cyrano, Christian, and uh, Roxanne. Who should we start with? <laughs> Let's start with Roxanne, because I have a feeling we're going to bleed into ranting about her if we don't. <laughs> That's a good... That's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> Uh, So Roxanne in the movie Roxanne, played by Daryl Hannah, she, I was, I was really nervous they were going to make her, um, not an airhead, but an airhead. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when it turned out that she was actually, you know, an astrologist, Mm -hmm. astronomer, I was like, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. I completely agree with that. I love that she was... A scientist and not just like, you know, any scientist. She was a, was it astrophysicist or astrologist? <sighs> Astronomer. I, I don't know. They, they threw so many terms around because the, the running joke in the movie was that nobody knew the difference between that and astronomy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So I don't really know what exactly she was. At one point, Steve Martin's character, um, CD, they call him, um, refers to her as a rocket scientist Mm -hmm. so she's i mean she's 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 smart yeah uh she (laughs) is so smart that she even discovered a comet Mm -hmm. which is why she is in this town um because unlike the play cyrano or cd and roxanne didn't know each other before the movie started yes yes um (laughs) This is one of the things that I don't know why they changed. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. And I, you know, I, I appreciate her her job and everything. I think that part is, like, so cool. And I felt I found it really charming to see her, like, really excited about this discovery she thinks she's making. And it was really nice. But I think I missed that aspect of their relationship of knowing each other so mm-hmm. well. Me too. And I was... Uh, a little confused about why they had them, you know, meet for the first time at the beginning of the movie instead of, like, have known each other for a little while. Also, why the fuck did she have to be naked when they met for the first time? That was so random and unnecessary. Yeah, it really was. Um, So I want to give you my theory as to why they changed that. And that's kind of going to transition into one of the main points I would like to make about Roxanne. Okay, go for it. I'm ready. So I think the reason that they changed the fact that Roxanne and Cyrano were childhood friends is because it's really, really hard to make Roxanne into the sweet, innocent princess that they made her (laughs) if you take out the context of this is the 1600s and she is a woman who really doesn't get a say in who she marries. 
Interesting. So because she is just, you know, a 1980s woman, she has a little more freedom to maybe express interest in a man that she likes. So if she isn't expressing an interest in Cyrano and, you know, they've been friends for all this time, it kind of makes her a little bit more difficult. It makes the job of making her a perfect female character for the 80s (laughs) harder. That's so interesting. I mean, the trope of childhood friends turned into, you know, lovers is like super common. Mm-hmm. So, but but you but you think that because of like the vanity aspect, it makes it harder for the audience to like sympathize with her. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um I've been thinking a lot about Roxanne's character lately, both from the movie and the play because Mm-hmm. I did ultimately like Roxanne from the movie. Yeah. I did. I thought she was very nice and very sweet. But um, this is something that I've talked to you a lot about before. But I'm kind of over this weird idea, in media especially, that it is almost unfeminist or something to have a female character be unlikable. Or to, you know, have flaws, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, Roxanne is one of my favorite characters from classic literature. And a part of mm-hmm. that is because she is flawed. In the play, if you look at Roxanne's character from the perspective of how people would have viewed her in the 1800s, her character is supposed to be something called a precieuse. Which in 17th century France was a woman who affected a deep love of beautiful language and who <laughs> whose appreciation of poetry and beautiful language was very shallow and skin deep. And a lot of critics have said of her that that is supposed to be almost like a... Um, reflection of the shallowness of her heart (laughs) you know of her soul and uh i disagree with this (laughs) yeah um i think it's really easy to kind of go that direction but especially looking at it from a modern perspective where that's not really a thing anymore you know what is um the, the the concept of the precieuse like Oh, yeah. Like, that's not really, like, a thing in our cultural zeitgeist anymore, you know? Like, that's just not something people know about. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I don't, I can't say whether or not Rostan intended for Roxanne to be a precieuse, but I don't see her that way. I don't either. I mean, especially if you, the thing about plays is that, like, if you read them, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of, like, seeing them performed, and both are interesting and good and it it can be super interesting to see a play performed in a different way and maybe you don't necessarily agree with the direction a character goes in a cough jennifer garner's roxanne cough (laughs) but it can be interesting to see the different sides but if if you're reading it then you kind of get to decide what what the tone is what the character's intentions are how they say the line what they mean by it exactly um and when i read cyrano and when i read roxanne i i don't 
read A Shallow Woman. Me either. Um, I actually read the play before I ever yeah. saw any adaptations of it. And I did backwards, but I have read the play. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's it, it was really hard for me to process um, in the Kevin Klein version the way that Jennifer Garner interpreted Roxanne's character because she really does play her like an airhead, you know? Mm-hmm. And I understand. It also could have been the direction, but I digress. Well, e- even so, you know, like the, yeah. like the way yeah, yeah. Roxanne comes off in that version, I understand why um Mm -hmm. but i disagree with it and the main reason i do is because of roxanne's actions Mm -hmm. i wholeheartedly believe that she was attracted to christian in the beginning because he was pretty Mm -hmm. you know if you choose to think that that is vain that's fine i don't think there's anything wrong with being attracted to a person no totally and I would even go so far as to say that she was turned off by him very quickly. Yes, absolutely. As shown in the scene where uh, he's kind of flying blind without Cyrano and they're, they're sitting there talking and she's like, say something to me like you did in your letter. And he's like, I love you. And she's like, oh, that's nice. What else? And he's like, I love you. And she's like, okay, but like, why? And he goes, I love you. And she gets pissed and she's like, okay, I'm out of here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to an extent, it's like you have this beautiful guy, like, declaring his love for you, but that's not what she wants. And that's why she's so turned off by it. She herself is eventually the one who, without having to suffer, without having to really face any terrible tragedy she herself comes to the conclusion that she was vain to have ever said she loved him for his looks that is ultimately why christian at the end of the play cyrano de bergerac goes to cyrano and says dude she just said that she would love me if she was ugly and that she is so sorry for ever thinking of me as just a pretty face I can't do yeah. this. She doesn't actually like me. She likes right. you. She's in love with you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she comes to that conclusion by herself means to me that she was just mistaken. She was enchanted by this pretty guy's face. Which happens. It does. And because of reasons entirely out of her control... She fell in love with this guy because she thought Mm -hmm. he was someone who he wasn't. Right. Exactly. So that's kind of my opinion on her shallowness. Um, With regard to her being not really appreciating, like, words, I go back to the example of when she's getting disgusted with Christian for only saying that he loves her. You know, she Mm -hmm. is on par with Cyrano. You know, she she can understand his words. She appreciates his words. She is a poet, you know. Also, mm-hmm. she's really, really smart. She can come up with really clever lies on the cuff of a hat, you know. Mm-hmm. She does this when the evil count who's like obsessed with her and who wants in her pants so bad. <laughs> <laughs> she manipulates him into not sending Cyrano off to battle at one point. And she also um, manipulates his plan to force her to marry his BFF so that he can have access to her. 
she turns that situation around in her favor, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's the mark of a dim-witted airhead. No, totally. So, and also just a lot of her lines, like, I, I love her back and forth with Cyrano. Mm-hmm. I find it really charming and witty and, you know, they they kind of spar with each other a little bit. Exactly. And also, what would it say of Cyrano if he were in love with a woman who was only pretty? Yeah, seriously. That's something that bothers me about that read <laughs> of the character of Roxanne is that, like... <sighs> Yeah, yeah, men are weak, whatever. Mm-hmm. And not to, not to like, uphold Cyrano as, like, the perfect character. He's totally flawed, too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he got some anger issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, so, and I also don't think that his love for Roxanne is entirely selfless. I mean, she's, she's beautiful. She, like, they go out of their way in the, in the script to say how beautiful she is multiple times. Mm-hmm. And, that's fine, but also like that's why I like the fact that in the play they've known each other the whole their whole lives is that yes. like his love for her makes more sense mm-hmm. than just oh this beautiful woman. Here's a guy who's supposed to be like this giant intellectual, you know, who who says that, you know, he he wants to feel loved even if it's by from an ugly woman, but he doesn't think that he can have that because of his nose. Like it doesn't make sense for him to so completely fall in love with a woman who's just an airhead. Yeah, absolutely. It's another reason why I liked that um, she was a scientist. Yeah, I was actually just going to say that. You know, I, that is why I really appreciated that they made her so smart. The The character of Christian. Boy, he's cute in the uh, Kevin Klein version. I can't think of the name of the actor who plays him. But um, very handsome, like we said. In the play, he's like a decent dude mm-hmm. he even you know at the end of the play when roxanne tells him i love you so much i love you for your for your brain i was wrong for loving you for your looks and even if you were ugly i would love you anyway and he the fact that he goes to cyrano and says we have to tell her the truth i can't do this anymore i want somebody to love me for the fool i am mm-hmm. like he's a good dude mm-hmm. he doesn't really do anything in the play that's like shitty I mean, apart from, obviously, you know, I mean, there's some not greatness with them totally tricking Roxanne, like, the entire time. Yeah. But aside from that, he's, like, a good dude. In the movie, (laughs) I didn't think he was going to be – he's dumber in the movie. Yeah. Definitely. But also, he just gets worse and worse. Yes. As the movie goes on. I – because I'm not used to that character being a villain. I wasn't expecting it when he kind of became one a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, as close to a villain as, like, an 80s comedy could really, like, get to. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point that I hadn't really thought about. This movie doesn't have a villain. And yeah. it's interesting that you say that Christian becomes the villain because I personally feel like Cyrano does and we can talk about that more in a little bit. Yeah, I, I like it's not a perfect label mm-hmm. to say that Christian becomes the villain. They don't call him Christian in the movie by the way. They shorten it to Chris just arbitrarily as if Christian isn't still a name in, you know, modern times. I know. Um he 
it's it's just that he is is so slimy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's not necessarily like the villain. It's just that he is like his behavior throughout the movie just becomes worse and worse. At first, he's just this kind of doofusy guy who puts his foot in his mouth whenever he like tries to talk to literally anyone, be it CD or Roxanne. Mm-hmm. Which I actually found kind of charming. Sure, yeah. I didn't... Uh, for the for the purpose of, of the modernization and the um, adaptation of it, I didn't mind the fact that he was um, a little more doofusy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like an 80s comedy complete with like slapstick montages. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the equivalent of um, when Christian goes to talk to Roxanne on his own, thinking, I can do this, and he just says, I love you, I love you, I love you, over and over again. The equivalent of that in Roxanne mm-hmm. is that I don't think he tries to do it alone. I think he, they, they set up like a, um, I don't know what you would call it, a radio. Mm-hmm. So like, CD is in a van trying to um, tell Chris what to say over a microphone. It's dumb. But, <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting, like, way of adapting that yeah. story beat. But um, so the radio craps out and Chris is flying blind. And he ends up, like, you know, Roxanne says the thing to him about, oh, I want you to talk to me like your letter. And he just starts talking about how great her breasts are and like just you know becomes pretty inappropriate very quickly yeah and roxanne is understandably horrified and runs inside Mm -hmm. so like while i was grossed out it didn't i was like the 80s you know what i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it just it just continued so like when they're beneath her balcony and um cd is wooing her chris you know is the one who's like i want to sleep with you (laughs) like he just yells it out at some point and it's like jesus christ yep and it like i felt like that was pretty fucked up Mm -hmm. and then the culmination of all of this is that Roxanne has this friend who works as a, um, like, a bartender waitress. And she, at, at one point, she's, like, they're talking at the bar. And there was pretty much no reason for this scene except for the obvious. So I was, like, okay, I see what's coming. And I kind of thought that it was just going to be that they were going to end up together. And I, I didn't think it was going to break as bad as it did. Mm-hmm. But what happens is he just ditches Roxanne, writes her a note that says, no hard feelings, peace, and runs away with this girl who's moving to, like, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like, that's that's what happens. <laughs> yep. I... It's pretty messed up. It really is. And I have very mixed feelings about everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. So... Let's go back to Christian, a.k.a. Chris, being, like, a pervert. Okay. (laughs) So, while Christian in the play is overall a good guy, in the cultural context of um, when the play was written, he is a little bit of a horndog. That's an interesting point. Yeah, like, you don't just kiss a woman, you know? Yeah. I can't, in good conscience, say... Him kissing Roxanne under the pretense of the circumstances that that be is anywhere near as bad 
as uh, Chris having sex with Roxanne. Yeah. Under the circumstances of uh, her thinking that he has just wooed her with beautiful language. Yeah. It's on a different level. Um, I was so uncomfortable <laughs> with me too. With that. I was very unhappy that it went in that direction. And not because I was like, oh, she had sex with Christian. Because in the play, it's like a thing that even though she and Christian get married, they don't get to enjoy their wedding night. <laughs> so right, Roxanne yeah, yeah. is still a virgin and like whatever. Um, it wasn't for that reason that I was upset. It was for the obvious consent reasons. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. D- definitely. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That being said, I actually did kind of like that they made him such a horn dog. Maybe it's because I love Cyrano and Roxanne and I wanted a reason to like <laughs> to think like eh, Christian doesn't deserve her. But either way, I found it an interesting um update. It certainly was an interesting choice. And also, you know, you're condensing a two and a half hour play to a hour and a half movie. Mm-hmm. I totally understand the need for things to happen quicker yeah and for for him to be revealed as not i mean not just not the right guy but not not a good guy Mm -hmm. um sooner rather than later i i get that and it was an interesting choice i just i wish it didn't make me as uncomfortable as it did yeah definitely part of me wonders if his um fixation with her physical appearance because this movie is from the 80s part of me wonders if for that reason we are interpreting it very differently than audiences back then were meant to or how they would have in general because of the the shift in culture since then you know it's been 30 years and a lot has been changing and you know in our society's idea of what is acceptable behavior in men yeah it did make me really like like you're gross that he that he would like say all these things but i wonder if he's still supposed to be sympathetic as far as like i don't i don't know about sympathetic because like i can see an audience um thinking nothing of the consent issues because i don't think that that was at the forefront of people's minds back then Mm -hmm. i can see an audience laughing off him you know very brazenly telling her i love your breasts like at the second time they've met Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, I I find it hard to believe that audiences even back then would have been sympathetic with him for just, like, ditching Roxanne and running off with her friend. (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't mean that so much as just his, like, obsession with her boobs. (laughs) Yeah, there probably definitely was a a very different attitude about it back then. Yeah, and I kind of got that sense from his gross friend who... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be the movie's uh, interpretation of the gross count who's obsessed with Roxanne. Oh, shit. You're right. That like that's that struck me as so random because it never really came to anything in the movie. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason I can think of that he would have been in the movie. Yeah, you're totally right. That he was supposed to be like the modern version of the count who, for clarity, uh, in the play... He's the the villain. The Count is. He's the one who mm-hmm. makes everything happen. All the bad stuff. 
you know, the fact that they just, like, threw him in the movie just to, like, make gross comments toward women and and as well as Roxanne. I was just kind of like, why are you here? Like, you're yeah, just kind of so gross. Every time he was on screen, I was like, you're disgusting. Go away. <laughs> kind of speaks to the time period, like you were saying, huh? Yeah, exactly. And it's supposed to just be, like, funny, but I was just like, ew. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Also, like, he literally ran, like, a taxidermy store, which, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the the villain in a Bond film has, like, a room full of taxidermy yeah. and stuff. You know what I mean? And, and it's, like, an old Ace Ventura joke. It's, like, a whole thing. Taxidermy equals evil, basically. Yeah. Let's move on to the uh, titular character. Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> or, in the movie, C.D. C.D. Baines, I believe. Yeah. So, um... I'll be 100% honest. Cyrano in the play, Rostan did a really, really good job making him sexy. I'll, yeah. I'm just going to oh, throw yeah. it out there. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Like, I had never heard of this play when um, one of the last two weeks of my senior year, and my teacher threw this play at us and he's like, we're going to do this for the rest of the year. And everyone was so pissed because they were like, you know, senioritis was was in full swing and they were like, sure, I'm done. And I felt that way a little bit, too, until I, re- I read the back of the book and I was like, OK, you know, like this sounds like it's up my alley. I was just about to say it is a little bit your candy. It is. But then when I actually started to read this, I was just like, whoa, because yeah. Cyrano is like my dream guy. Yeah. You know, I have to be careful how loudly I say that because Nick is in the next room. (laughs) But it's just like this, you know, I feel like the reason I relate to to Roxanne and the reason that I love Roxanne so much is because I get it, man. Some of the stuff that he says to Roxanne actually makes me swoon. And I'm not exaggerating. He really is so good with words. He knows how to say things that actually elicit real powerful emotion. Mm-hmm. And it does it for me. It I can barely even express like how some of the lines in this play make me feel. And I'm not just talking about like, you know, the the balcony scene. I'm talking about like the fact that when someone in the beginning of the play comes over and says like, "You've got a big nose and Cyrano's just like he he just like fucking wipes the floor with this guy and mm-hmm. he comes up with some of the most clever lines I've ever heard you know because mm-hmm. his his whole point is like wow you are so original there were 10,000 different ways you could have insulted me just now and I'm mm-hmm. going to list them off for you and he does and they are so clever and it's it like it's so funny you know like this play is really funny it's really sad but it's really funny which is actually another reason now that i'm thinking about it that i think that this play could resonate so well with modern audiences the movie took out a lot of the depth you know it took out a lot of the seriousness but i feel like our um cultural zeitgeist right now is that we kind of demand that mix of like 
really deep, sincere emotion with comedy. Totally. You know, like, mm-hmm. look at shows like Rick and Morty and BoJack Horseman and Master of None, you know, like dramedies, as they're often referred to. The, that's kind of what we want right now, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's my favorite. It's been my favorite for a while, and I've been so happy that, like, it does feel like popular media has trended in that direction a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's a painfully romantic play. I totally, totally know what you mean. Mm-hmm. So that being said, uh, I was not really that attracted to CD in the movie. <laughs> a big part of that might have been that he was Steve Martin. And I was like, I can't. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. On occasion, he would say something really clever, you know, because they, as I said, had to update it for the 80s. Um, And so sometimes it was, like, really interesting and still very clever the way that they would update certain lines. They do the equivalent of the scene where he, you know, says, lists all the different ways in which this guy could have insulted him. Mm -hmm. How'd you feel about that scene? They did all right. You know, (laughs) it... I agree. I hesitate to really say that they screwed the pooch because while I feel like they did... Consciously, I understand that the way Cyrano goes about doing it, you know, where he's like, um, theatrical and philosophical, you know, that might not really be something you can update exactly. Yeah. And some of the ones that they did were very good. I will be 100% honest, the ones that I thought were the best were the ones that they took directly from the play. Same. Some of them I was like, eh. I also wasn't crazy about the circumstance. Yeah, it seemed a little out of place. In the play, we're kind of still in our introduction to Cyrano. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, this scene comes like halfway through it. Exactly. Also, there's a lot going on with the beginning of this play. Yeah. That you don't really even know about until like further into the play. For example... The dude that Cyrano does that to, his name is um, Valver, and he is the Count's BFF. And the Count is so obsessed with Roxanne that he actually has planned that Roxanne should marry Valver, his BFF, so that he will have access to her. What a creep. (laughs) Yeah, because the Count is married, so he can't, you know, get a divorce or anything. But he still wants Roxanne as his mistress, and it would be easier to have access to her if his submissive best friend was married to her, you know? Mm-hmm. Pretty yucky. Very yucky. And <laughs> this guy is just like, who is this Cyrano? Like, Valver is like, who is this Cyrano? I'll show him. And he walks over and he's like, you have a big nose. And Cyrano yeah. is like... <laughs> <laughs> Cyrano is like already kind of in a like testy mood mm-hmm. because... there's an actor who um butchered a play so Cyrano told him you're not allowed to perform for a month but also (laughs) this actor remember when we said he was also a flawed character (laughs) yeah (laughs) but also this actor hit on Roxanne Mm -hmm. which also pissed off Cyrano so like this is just kind of like a double insult and you don't necessarily understand that it's happening at the moment but the beginning of this play where Cyrano is just destroying all these guys is just, like, really demonstrating that he is, like, above these other um, suitors vying for 
Roxanne, you know? Totally. Which, totally, like, yeah. so in the movie, when he just, when this just happens with a random thug who's like, so I hear you're tough, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it doesn't really hold as much weight. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. It's definitely one of those things where, like, like we said, there's so much more going on in the play. I mean, you've got yeah. the war, too, and, like, sure, there's, like, kind of a storyline of cd being a firefighter in the movie but i also don't really get how that translates yeah like so like they had to i don't know they couldn't have as much context as the play has and i think that is part of my thing with it is that like i like the time the play takes Mm -hmm. for everything to happen i like the time it takes for for you to get to know Cyrano and Roxanne. I like the time it takes for um, Christian and Cyrano to kind of become friends and do this morally yeah. questionable thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then obviously, you know, the end of the play, I, I like the, the time that it takes and the movie, you know, when you're adapting something into a movie, you don't really have that time, especially in the eighties when every movie was only an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really felt like a lot of stuff that seemed to be building up really fell flat. Like, for example, you hear about this awesome comet that she discovered, and I was like, this is going to be interesting. Like, there's going to be some sort of romantic scene when they, like, are observing the comet. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Literally nothing ever really comes of that. Mm-mm. It was very weird. So back to the whole idea of him being a firefighter in, in the modern version. Mm-hmm. I had... As I mentioned earlier, I had just finished the 1950s adaptation. So I was, like, actively thinking in my head, like, I wonder what they're going to do about, like, the cadets. Because in the play, Cyrano is part of a band of cadets who are actually run by the the Count. Mm-hmm. You know how I was saying that Roxanne was a precieuse? Mm-hmm. So Cyrano's character is interesting because he's supposed to be the epitome of the romantic hero. He's noble, he's honest for the most part. <laughs> you cannot get this guy to break a promise. He's valiant, yeah. he cares more about his ideas than he does about wealth or etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Which like viewing him from that context makes me hate him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why? Because The thing that I hate most about Cyrano is the fact that he never tells Roxanne. Yeah. He literally never mentioned, like, I briefly touched upon this before, but this is, this play takes place in the 1600s. Roxanne literally has no real opportunity, even if she was in love with Cyrano from the start, she has no chance to ever express that to him. Mm-hmm. She says, I believe at one point, that this is a man's world. Like, if I have to be chattel, I want to choose how, you know? Mm-hmm. So she she really can't, like, tell a guy. She, she can't make a move, you know? She can't. And it's not that she doesn't want to, not necessarily with Cyrano, but, like, she does when she can. And Cyrano literally never gives her the chance. Yeah. You know? And that always bothered me. Even after... Christian has died because he's supposed to be this, like, perfect hero. He lets it go on for 14 years. 
Yeah, just so that he doesn't ruin Christian's memory. Yeah, which, like, yeah. that doesn't really resonate with me. We are not living in the Romantic era anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally know what you mean. It's like, you know, I think I've talked to you about my huge pet peeve of, like, if there are two guys vying for a woman's affection and the other, instead of actually giving her the choice, hides behind be- doing the, quote, valiant thing and taking himself out of the running and stepping down and being like, you know, this this guy w- is better for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you're that's not valiant. That's not brave. That's mm-hmm. taking away her choice and running away. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's kind of akin to that. I totally know where you're coming from. It, it bothers me, too. Yeah. So the reason I, I went into that whole rant is because... Cyrano is a member of the cadets, which is kind of like the um, equivalent of being like a cowboy in the sense that (laughs) it's very low paying, but it's kind of like a glamorous job for a romantic hero, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's low paying, but it's it's valiant work, you know? Sure. Cyrano is a little bit poetry writes him sometimes. (laughs) Like, at the end, with how, like, he's published this amazing play that no one has seen just because he isn't preoccupied with becoming wealthy and famous, even though he easily could. So when Mm -hmm. someone plagiarizes it, he's just like, well, as long as people are enjoying it, right? And it's like, ugh. So... (laughs) Because, you know, for him, it's just about writing and whatever. Yeah. So so he's, he's a... A cadet. It's not a powerful position or a well-paying position, but it sure is a valiant one. So I was really interested to see how they would adapt this. And for that reason, I kind of felt like the firefighter thing fit. What didn't was the weird, like, comedy relief aspect that they, like, the comedy relief direction they went. Exactly. They really could have honed in on Cyrano's heroic side. Yes. If they had actually shown him doing something that a firefighter would do. Right, exactly. I was so... When it was revealed that he was a firefighter, I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. And actually, like, like not that it made sense, but, like, kind of? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what I don't get is why they thought doing it that way was the right call i mean fine they wanted it to be a little slapsticky whatever but like it was just a little frustrating because it that part of him literally served no other purpose exactly there wasn't even really a storyline necessarily that like included the fact that he was a firefighter yeah exactly i found it like a little bothersome Mm -hmm. just because i was like here's this part of him that could be interesting but they threw it away Yeah, the only purpose that it seemed to serve was demonstrating that C.D. was, like, the only competent person in this town. (laughs) Yeah. Which, like, okay, I don't know. His character was, like, over the top sometimes. Absolutely. Um, What did you think about his introduction? I was actually just about to mention that. Oh, okay, great. (laughs) We talked before about how the play introduces Cyrano, where he just shows up and he's like, I told you not to perform for a month, you know? (laughs) And it's like, it's hilarious. And it's like, this guy is so fucking witty. And it just Mm -hmm. like, you know? He makes a splash immediately. Yeah. The 
the movie was so weird. He's just like walking down the street whistling and he's got his like tennis racket or something for for no reason. He yeah. doesn't play tennis ever in the movie. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> and like these two random like 80s douchebag types come over and they're like, oh, hey, look at this guy, you know, and like being absolute doofuses. Mm-hmm. And Cyrano just like in this very slapsticky manner beats them up with his tennis racket (laughs) yeah and it goes on for like a good eight minutes yeah it was like it wasn't that funny i mean i'm no slapstick if if done right can can make me laugh i'm not like saying that i'm more highbrow than slapstick (laughs) but it wasn't really funny to me it was mostly just i was a little like embarrassed for the movie you know what i mean yeah yeah, that, I mean, it put me off a little bit. Like, that, if you had just shown me the first bit of this movie, I would have, I don't know, turned it off probably. Yeah. It it was just such a weird contrast from the the way that Cyrano's character is introduced in the play, where, like, I'm instantly like, this guy is fucking brilliant. Right, because, like, he, as his introduction continues and he does more stuff. He does eventually get into a sword fight with uh, that guy you mentioned earlier. Belver. Right. But most of his impressiveness during his introduction is like how clever he is and how he just bests these guys with his wit. Like you really get to know the character through that. Mm -hmm. And then to have it be nothing but like you know, this physical violence, which, again, like, for the time period in the play, makes more sense. Yes. For the 80s, for Cyrano just to be walking down the street, two guys to insult him, and then them just to have a brawl on the sidewalk is, like, insane. And Exactly. Like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything to introduce the audience to the character. It doesn't do anything to illustrate how he's a man of substance. Yeah. And here's the thing. One of the fucking wittiest and, like, best lines Cyrano has in the play, in my opinion, is when Valver is like, look at this guy. No lace, no gloves. Like, what's what's his deal? <laughs> and Cyrano goes, oh, I had a glove, but it's, like, stuck to the, guy, to the last guy's face or whatever. You know, like, the equivalent <laughs> of that. And it's just like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. shit. Because, like, you know, if, if, if you are unaware, like, in the 1600s, you challenged someone to a duel by slapping them in the face with your glove, which is a mm-hmm. delightful image. But, like... <laughs> One that you can see in the play. <laughs> yeah, in, in certain adaptations, yes. Yeah, um, if you... I, I just want to say, we... Okay, Kevin Klein is amazing. If you are interested, watch the Kevin Klein version. He is... Such a good Cyrano. Yes. And, uh, and it's on Broadway HD. We talked about the streaming service Broadway HD in the Daddy Long Legs episode. And Cyrano de Bergerac with Kevin Klein is on Broadway HD. Please yes. continue, Rachel. Yes. So um, that line always gets me because it's just like, oh, shit. You know, like, I want to snap. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, get the fucking burn cream, you know. But in the I can't even remember what he said in response in, like, the, the movie when the guys are like, oh, look at this guy with his stupid uniform, you know? Like, I don't even remember what he said because it wasn't that clever. And it's yeah. like, first you have, like, no real clever demonstration of, of wit going on. And then you're right. He just, like, beats these random guys up in a very <laughs> slapsticky manner with his tennis racket. Yeah. yeah Why? 
it did not play. Like, it would have been way more faithful, I feel, if he had just burned them with words. Yeah. You know? And then maybe if they attacked him, maybe, like, he doesn't have to, like, beat the shit out of them, but, like, you know... Sure, you can demonstrate that he's, like, physically capable, like Cyrano is supposed to be, but I don't know. Right. Also- I mean, they do that with his fucking gymnastics up yes! and down the the, the yes! fucking house. So why did they need to do that? <laughs> yeah! Like- it's so random. It was so random. Like, it- I was having a really hard time processing Cyrano because, like, were they not trying to make him sexy? I don't know. Because, like, when I think 80s hero, I think of, like, you know, the bodice rippers of the romance novels of the 80s, you know? Mm-hmm. And, or, like, um, like Han Solo. Stuff like that. I don't think of, like, Steve Martin being, like, <laughs> a goofball. <laughs> and the play makes a point of demonstrating that women are, like, into Cyrano. Oh, totally. And he's just so obsessed with his nose that he refuses to see it yeah so i don't know i just thought that that was like such a weird way to introduce his character (laughs) definitely it definitely was i don't i don't understand i don't know i i like steve martin and i in a way i understand why he was cast because you know if they were (sighs) going for the tone that they obviously were going for. Like, I get it. But also, for the character, I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. Do you want to know something that I did like about how they updated his character? I do. I actually really liked that they replaced his best friend, uh, Lebray with a woman. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I did like that too. Yeah, I, I actually really liked their friendship. I mm-hmm. thought that her character was great. I liked that she and Roxanne were very friendly. Mm-hmm. On it, I really liked that. I thought that that was um, an interesting change that they made, and I'm glad they did because this movie actually had a decent number of female characters in it. Yeah, it did. And it also, I don't know if it passed the Bechdel test, but um, yeah, it it definitely did have scenes with just women interacting Mm -hmm. which was nice you know because i don't even think we get that in the play (laughs) no we definitely don't we definitely (laughs) don't (laughs) should we finally address the uh the the big thing that happened at the end that made me not really like this movie yes please because i'm i'm very curious okay so after chris runs away with roxanne's friend (laughs) cd's friend had uh at one point gotten a letter that CD had written for Roxanne um, that was supposed to be from um, Chris. Mm -hmm. So she stuffs it under Roxanne's door, but Chris had also stuffed under Roxanne's door a letter saying like, bye, babe, Mm -hmm. I'm out, you know? Um, So she receives them both at the same time and obviously realizes what happened because Cyrano's friend actually wrote on the back of the letter that was, you know, allegedly from Chris, Cyrano wrote this or CD wrote this. Right. So she, um, Roxanne calls CD to her house and confronts him about it. And I was actually very happy that she was pissed. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, I was like, good for you. I'm very happy that you're upset because you should be because, like, 
you didn't just, like, kiss this guy, you know? Like, you had sex with him. But also, like, that's, you know, as much as I love Cyrano and I think that his intentions were honest in the play, and even in the movie, his intentions were, like, honest, Mm. I'm still not, like, totally cool with him manipulating Roxanne like that, you know? Absolutely. And she obviously isn't either, so she confronts him. And, um, like, okay, Cyrano, you have nothing to be upset about. Absolutely nothing. So the fact that he, first of all, immediately goes after her to, like, attack her back. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Like, no, you grovel. You were the one doing wrong here. Right? But then he slut-shamed her. And I was like, okay. what line? He literally, like, he said something to her to the effect of, well, what about you? You just got in bed with this guy after the first date. Oh, yeah. I kind of blocked that out. Yeah. I was so upset about it. I went home and ranted to Nick about it. <laughs> like we were we were like lying in bed. It was like, you know, late at night. We were trying to go to bed because we had to be up early for work. And I was just like, <laughs> and then like he slut shamed her. And you know what? And like Nick was just like, that sucks, boo. <laughs> you know, like bless him being as supportive as he could while he was so tired. Mm-hmm. But like that's how upset I was about it. Yeah. And it and it really made me realize something about Cyrano from the play. Mm-hmm. He is surprisingly not at all like the the typical modern day friend zone type. Mhm. He really isn't. He never once is bitter toward Roxanne. Oh, absolutely. Ever. Yeah. And while I totally understand and to an extent agree with um your point about how like it's kind of reminiscent of him being like oh I'll step back and remove your choice you know mm. at the same time Roxanne is the one who initially comes to him and says I'm in love with Absolutely. this other guy yeah so I, I don't he, think of it as being the same thing just to no, clarify no I know I know but um so like he is respecting her decision in that regard, you know? Totally. That's something that I think I never really realized that I appreciated about Cyrano so much, that he really just, he does respect Roxanne. Mm -hmm. Like, he thinks of her as a person probably because they fucking grew up together and they were best friends and, you know, he he cares about her even if she's not his wife. Right, exactly. The fact that this movie completely disregarded that, I didn't even know that I would be that upset about it because I, you know, hadn't considered it before. But wow, did it ruin the movie for me. Well, yeah. I mean, I I totally agree. The last 15 minutes kind of turned into a bastardization of Cyrano's character. I mean, Mm -hmm. he isn't even the one who, like, goes to her and apologizes. She goes to him. I know! I that couldn't believe really it! That really bothered me. Oh, yeah. Like, when at the end, she's the one who basically shows up with the boombox, you know? Like, the yeah. traditional 80s, like, say trope. yeah. Yeah, say anything. And, like, she's the one who does it. And I was like, what are you apologizing for? I you know. did nothing wrong! I was and that's really another. Pissed. Yeah. That's another reason why I kind of feel like that's why they couldn't know each other from the time they were kids. Like, this movie is clearly preoccupied with the fact that Roxanne 
didn't love Cyrano from the start. Yeah. Because she's the one who has to grovel. Mm -hmm. She has to make amends for the fact that she wasn't instantly in love with him the way she thought she was instantly in love with Chris. Yeah. Which is bullshit. The end of that movie is so fucked up. There were clues all throughout the movie that this CD was not a noble gentleman like the Cyrano from the play. Yeah, true. Like, for example, in when Roxanne and CD first meet and she is naked for no reason, mm-hmm. he says, like, do you want me to go get you a coat? And she's like, sarcastically, like, no, I want to stand out here naked. And he just fucking like that. Yeah. <laughs> That rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Like, in the 80s, I felt like there was a lot of things like this, where it was kind of like part of romantic comedies for, like, the heroes to be sort of abusive, almost. Like, yeah. not not necessarily physically abusive, but, like, kind of emotionally abusive. Yeah, totally. He then goes on to compliment himself for being, like, super clever and sarcastic by saying that, like, oh, we don't speak that language, the, the language of sarcasm here anymore, because I I was the only one who understood it, you know? Like, fuck you. Yeah, seriously. Like, she's naked. And then later, when he's helping her carry her very expensive telescope. Oh, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, all the way up to the, to the roof of the house, she's like, I can't tell you why I'm here. It's a secret. He fucking drops the telescope and makes her hold it herself. And she's like... CD, I can't. This is this is too heavy. And, like, I felt so bad for her. Seriously. Like, it was very heavy. She and, clearly can't hold it herself. And probably and, like, very expensive. Yes. And also, it would have <laughs> ruined her fucking, like, dissertation. Yeah, seriously. Like, oh my god. And so all because stupid. he felt like he had the right to know her fucking business. Yeah. Like, excuse me? That rubbed me so wrong. Like, I, I let it slide because I was like, whatever, you know, but after the slut shaming at the end, I was like, this Cyrano is an asshole and I do not like him. Yeah, definitely. How do you feel about your power to just demand me to watch a lame 80s movie whenever you need to? I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> I mean... I like to think I use my power wisely and fairly. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I watched another movie recently that I really want to talk to you about, but I like, <laughs> I didn't want to like just shove it on you, you know? <laughs> so I, you know, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you watched this though, because I I know how much you love Cyrano. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we both love it so much that after having seen this, I really needed to like, talk to someone about it because there's just a lot of like conflicting emotions going on there yeah totally and we needed an episode idea yep (laughs) (laughs) that's our episode on Cyrano de Bergerac and the movie Roxanne yeah I hope you enjoyed it and I hope that if you have never heard of Cyrano then uh you'll you're interested in maybe checking it out thanks for listening if you've made it this far. And if you want more of us, you can find us on our website, onepersonstrashisourtreasure.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Optiot, that's O-P-T-I-O-T, and on Instagram at Optiotpod. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Yes, <laughs> please do. So until next time, I'm Rachel. And I'm Jen. <laughs>
And we're up to yacht. <laughs> it is really weird doing this in separate locations. I know. I feel like even more of a fool. You can find us on our website at Optiat. Or no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's not our website. Nope. Ber- Baron de Christian de Nouvellet. <laughs> and there was a huge moose head in it. And I, I'm i afraid of moose alive. So like a giant taxidermy. It was so big. Rachel, it was so huge. It was huge. Uh, are we really supposed to believe that there are aliens that want to have sex with older human women? And I was I just know. like, yeah. Like- I did the same thing. I did the same thing. <laughs> go go have sex with those aliens. Totally. We're, we're alien friendly on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot what I was going to say. It was funny. I'll be the judge of that. Well, I mean, not if I can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs>